Hey! Welcome. Bonus barrel. Is Seiji. Seiji, happy uh, late Canada Day. Because by the time this is out, Canada Day will have passed. Our guest, reintroduce yourself. Oh, hello. Thank. Hey, hey. I'm I'm Sean. Uh, gonna... Sometimes known. What? <laughs> sometimes known as uh, as P1. I'm really excited to be here. I've been listening to the show for a long time, yeah. and uh, it's uh, super exciting to to get a chance to come on here and, and talk with you guys. I w- I watched a stream of these two like. I get, they're, they're brothers. There's two brothers. They mm-hmm. used to have this website for, for gaming and stuff. And then they abandoned it because they were cowards. But they do this streaming thing uh, where they just play games. And they have, like, Beat the Bro Challenge and stuff. And uh, one of them, they were having, a, like, a, a discussion about who is on this one other podcast as a guest more than another. And uh, I think that the older brother might might be winning for sure now. With the, the- Oh, wow. Um, well, I'm not sure what, what stream that is you were watching, but it sounds excellent. I, I can't think of a better way to spend spend time than to, to watch that. Although, is it still on the air? Because I haven't I'm seen wondering. it for a while. <laughs> I'm going to pull the curtain uh, away and, and say that actually I was referring to you and Mark. Uh, I suspected. Yes. Uh, shock. Uh, uh, yeah. Doing it. Uh, so we, my friend Jay comes over for the streams and, uh, I, my job at work, um, less now, now it's more managerial, but, uh, it's, it, my, my job is to fix technical problems with, uh, systems on the, on the, the warships. So when I come home, the last thing I want to do is fix issues so i just want things to work <laughs> That's um, fair, you know what i mean like <laughs> if i was a doctor i wouldn't want to come home and then get a bunch of phone calls from my relatives you know oh hey i have a hey. sore throat or yeah, exactly. what's this rash you know right. or hey can you check my prostate right quick i wouldn't want to do that so i come home and i i don't want to have to to work on things i want things to just work I, i'm an entirely mac household yeah. because apple products just do yeah. what they're supposed oh, to do this is a marketing gimmick it's not a marketing game for me. Now nah, that's for me. My experience has been um, Macs just work. You know, okay. my iPad, my iPhone, like my iMac, they all just work. Like my Android system work. Anyways, never mind. So I keep going. I'm sure. You, I'm not saying Androids don't. I'm just saying for me, I prefer. Um, plus, it lets me know that I'm a better person than a lot of people. Oh, of course, of because you're money. paying more for the for the same product. That's right. Yeah, I'm not okay. a pleb. So you want so, to work, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, so streaming, it seems like. Even going like I have had situations where because I don't touch the settings, I, I I would come home, I would hit start streaming, and the settings would be the exact same as they were the week previous, sure. but somehow everything would be a mess. Yeah, Mark. Video video would be off, audio would be off, uh, video would freeze and stutter, and there's no logic behind. I've changed <laughs> nothing, and now none of it works. I'm telling you, um, so. It's like, oh, I'll turn it on and help out. And we know that Mark doesn't know anything about technical stuff. Uh, Mark does offer to help uh, in the form of moral support uh, when it comes to the technical stuff. So I've never seen this. Another millennial so 
so far behind in the times with just the simplest thing from your brother. <laughs> yeah. And I love it. So uh, it, it just became a real big hassle. So uh, also I have, so we were in a situation where I had gotten Game Pass for the Xbox One, um, which is the best deal in gaming right now. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, you have to have an Xbox One for it. Uh, or a PC. You can have a gaming oh, PC. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. You don't even need a fucking Xbox anymore. Yeah. Um, so I got we got that, and we wanted to start playing some Xbox games. There's a lot of games on there that Mark and I wanted to try. Right. Um, Alien Isolation happened to be the one that triggered this, and so the uh, well, we played a bit of it, and it was okay. Um, uh, scary, a little spooky, yeah, definitely. Um, but for me to stream, I have the Elgato HD, um, which doesn't have so that's like two generations old it's not the hd 60 and it's not the hd 60s it's the one before those it's the hd so it doesn't have 4k pass through okay do you need that so for anything you don't need it so i could stream in 1080p from that box right. but i have an xbox one s which has hdr and upscaling to 4k i have a 4k tv and i have a playstation 4 pro which is 4k yeah and true. hdr i didn't spend you know, $2,500 on electronics to then watch them and play them in 1080p. You know what I mean? So, so I refused. Well, I, I refused. I paid for the features. I'm using the features. So I refused to hook up my, my Elgato HD to either my Xbox or my PS4. Right. Which meant, okay, so now we're going to, if we want to play any of those games, we can't stream it or we have to stream it natively from the, um, device, in which case there's no camera because you have to have the proprietary either Connect or PlayStation camera, PlayStation Eye, to have camera on those. Well, I'm not going to spend another three hundred, four hundred dollars on these things that that are just not worth it. Like uh, so, so we played on Alienization and we put a bit of a hiatus in the streaming. Well, in that hiatus, I actually disconnected my Elgato from my Switch because it was frustrating me that my Mac would have to be on sending power phantom power to the elgato in order for me to play my switch so it's like i gotta turn on my my mac just so i can play my switch okay i'm gonna just disconnect this for now so it get disconnected and it's now in a box no sorry it's now connected to a different retro setup that i have here on my desk but um the long story short here is or the, the tldr is uh mark and i still hang out every thursday producer jay still comes over and we play games together on our switches or Xbox or PlayStation, whatever we feel like, uh, and we just don't stream it because it's easier Perfect. to just not stream it. You have fans out there who like like uh, Sundary J always messages me whenever you guys uh, stream, and I usually say oh, that's cool. I we 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 do, and I do uh, miss the interaction with them, which is why, sort of why I have my uh, Super Nintendo Mini and my NES Mini and my Genesis Mini when it eventually comes out. I bought a 19-inch television. Um, and I have it mounted on the wall right next to my iMac. I'm looking at it right now, actually. And I have my Elgato connected to that because there'll be no loss of um, quality in the video feed. Oh, yeah. And so I can then stream more more regularly from that. Uh, just me, no camera, just me and my voice. But I have it set up that uh, I started a Discord server. This actually turned out to be a little plug. Uh, I started a Discord server for that streaming specifically where if I'm streaming, anybody can jump on and chat with me on Discord while the stream is happening. Um, sorry? You didn't invite me. It's kind of a douche move. Well, you haven't been in the streams. When you show up in the stream, it's like a there's a bot that just randomly says the, the Discord invite. Right now, there's one person in that Discord. Is it you? 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it is the best Discord I have belonged to currently. So it sounds like it might be a, well, I, I would yeah. I mean, I was, I was supposed to say the BD one, but it's really just used for recording, so it doesn't even mean anything. Yeah. So so while it's the Discord itself isn't really designed to be hey, come in here and chat. It's just a, a an avenue for people who are watching the stream who maybe want to come on and have a talk instead of just watching and using the chat on the stream, that they can do that. And it's it's open, so anybody can jump in and join, and their chat through the Discord feeds right back into the stream, so everybody watching the stream can hear anybody who comes into chat. You actually sort of inspired that with your phone calls for our Thursday nights, and I wanted to find a way to actually feed those into the stream. Like the, I like trolling your show. I thought of it more as uh, supporting, but I guess trolling works well, too. Well, you know, I, I like you, so I, the heart's in the right place. That's right. That's right. I troll my friends. I don't troll anybody else because, uh, you know, like there's time for that. But uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, what was my original question? Oh, yeah. Why are you guys screaming anymore? Right. Yeah. Uh, I had a dream last night where this giraffe was after me, a friend of my cat. And I had the brilliant plan that this giraffe, this, this carnivorous giraffe, uh, would not be able to run down hills as well. Matter of fact, in that same dream, I had a bear attacking us. Either it was either like an asterisk, like a uh, last issue. This happened, so I remember at some point though, I remember a bear attacking me using the same trick of going down a hill. So the giraffe, you know, I ran into the jungle. I was fucking scared too. Like I was terrified that this giraffe was going to kill the shit out of me, uh, my friend and my cat. And we ran into the jungle or the tr- forest or something, and the giraffe couldn't get down. I'm like, oh, you can use the trees. It's too big to get through the trees. We slept under a plant. Um, just wanted to share that. I, I mean, that stands to reason because giraffes' front legs are longer than their back legs, aren't they? I mean, they probably could. so they would have a hard time running. I think downhill. So. I just wanted. So, if any giraffe experts listen to our show of the ten, no, it's too generous. Of the three people who listen to our show, uh, if you happen to know for sure that giraffes can't, I'd like to know if I'm a prophet in my dreams. I'd like to know if because I didn't know that. I didn't read that anywhere. So, if I dreamt it. And it's accurate. That probably means that I have extraordinary powers. I think that stands to reason. Any disagreements from the panel? No. Nice. All right. Well, what, what's next in the docket? Itinerary. Believe there's rebuttals. Oh yes. Yeah. So last week, last episode. Uh, yeah, because there wasn't about, one last week. You guys right, we don't sort of screwed us. So last episode, we spoke about E3 and uh, how we felt about this year's E3. And apparently P1 was so passionate that he messaged us saying he hit rebuttals. You're rebutting our yeah. opinions. Let's hear them. It's not even really rebuttals. It's just that the the topic and the, your discussion uh, struck me so much that I wanted, like I was driving, when I first heard the episode, I was driving to work and I was like in my car verbally responding to things you were you saying. I was like, would- while you're driving. And I ran, yeah, so I ran over an old lady. Um, she's fine. She's fine. You kicked your ass um, when up. Yeah, no, she's okay. We hit, I hit her. She she broke her hip, but it's good because while she was in there, she found out she had something else that was wrong with her, and she's getting fixed up. Right? <laughs> yeah, and we are now dating, yeah. Um, Great. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was it was a good episode, and I, I was listening to discussion back and forth, and there was just, so it, I, I used the term rebuttals, uh, but there's a, a lot of stuff that was just like, I agree with this. I even, I liked it so much that I went and I listened to it again yesterday, so I Damn. could take actual notes uh, for what I, I wanted to talk about. Episode. Well, what do you so, first off, um, 
you guys talked about E3 and the format and how this year's E3 sort of left everybody or even building up to it. There wasn't the hype that we normally felt. And I felt that too, very much. I totally felt that this year going in that I just, there was, there was nothing that I was hyped about, nothing I was looking forward to, nothing I was excited about. Um, there are games that I'm, I'm interested in, but going into E3, the build up to E3, I felt none of the excitement that I have felt in the years past. And even after watching the shows, uh, with the exception of uh, a couple of announcements in Microsoft's that were very early on, mostly the Game Pass stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then Square Enix and Nintendo's, the rest of the shows for me, they could have been just an article that I read on IGN. They were that, um, yeah, I was that indifferent that. towards them. Yeah, we're, we're right there with you, um, which is a shame because like every year, to me, I, I always book a couple days off. I get excited about E3. I'm like, this is going to be great. I can't wait to be pumped. I love video games. And uh, But yeah, this last last year, man, it's just it's not that I, I wasn't hyped at all. Maybe I'm getting Yeah. Old. And you guys talked about Nintendo's uh, format of here's the, the 25 or the 30-minute direct, I think 40 minutes this year. And then here's two days of Treehouse gameplay yeah. where you're getting... Like here, the direct is a quick snapshot, and then here's you know two or three days of Treehouse where you're getting in-depth gameplay and analysis. You're talking to developers, you're talking to to people with actual hands on the game, and you're getting these long form looks at these games and how perfect that format is. And I couldn't agree more. That is a great format, and it's amusing when you look at the business side of or sorry that the fan side of it because Microsoft did something very similar this year with Gears. They had six minutes on stage to talk about Gears. So instead of talking about the campaign, which they focused on last year, or instead of talking about the multiplayer, because they've talked about that in years past, they focused on this new game mode called Escape. So it was essentially six minutes of trailers and a little bit of discussion on this game mode Escape. And then they spent the next three days showing more on the game floor of the game to get people hands on. But fans tore them apart because they didn't show it in their press conference. But why a trailer is enough to get you going? Like exactly, I'm yeah. There for like ten minutes watching a, a play. I want to see more shit to get me hyped, and then I'll watch these streams of the things I want to see later. Yep. So, so the the main uh, the head guy from Coalition, I can't remember his name, which is uh, coincidentally enough a Canadian developer. We'll talk about them later, I'm sure. Um, so he he was uh, doing an interview on. Uh, podcast unlocked ign's uh, xbox xbox show and he said he was like i don't know when e3 went from being a week-long event where you were able to show stuff on this game floor to being a six-minute clip in a, in a press conference he's not sure when that change happened or what the fans expected there so i think it's really interesting that now i wonder if was it because they did a live press conference and that's why people were upset they didn't see more or is it just that we refused we have such different standards for different developers that while we praise nintendo for doing it uh, we come down on Xbox and treat them differently for it. I, I just thought that was really neat. That is neat. And let's back up for a second. Uh, why aren't they making that same comment for every other game that only had a couple minutes trailer? Why? Yes, exactly. It did. Xbox's press conference actually did catch a lot of guff for not showing gameplay. A lot of their stuff they showed was just trailers and teasers. And there was a lot of chatter uh, on online that, oh, where's the gameplay? Where's the gameplay? All you're showing me is trailers. But they spent the next three days on the show floor showing gameplay. And all of that gameplay got uploaded to the various news sites. But people, ex- it's like they expected it in that press conference. Yeah. And and it's, it's, it's funny because the Nintendo, their whole format is, here's a little clip. You want to see gameplay? Watch Treehouse. 
So yeah. it's so strange. Maybe it's because Nintendo kind of gave up the um, full. Ep- well, first of all, they've been doing trio for a long fucking time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how long I'd said on my ass, but um, and they don't have a press conference anymore, so the expectation is not there. I think, pe- and also Nintendo pretty much goes last, so it's it's like Nintendo and then Treehouse right after. Right. So it's kind of like one thing. Maybe that's kind of what it is. Also, uh, mostly just bros are into Xbox, so they're probably like, they're tense fans. Give it to me right at, right now, right at once, before I go get drunk. Uh, I mean, that is uh, that is a very um, fiery comment, but I agree that I, I do think the, <laughs> I do think the, the main target audience for each of those different platforms is a big factor of why people are upset yeah, about some things and why they're not about others. CG, I've been talking. Me, we and P1, we're basically the same person, anyways. We've been talking a lot. What's uh, what, what do you think about all this shenanigans? About the different expectations for different developers? Well, it's just that Nintendo has received a lot of criticism regarding the format. I don't know, for the last, well, since they started with the direct format, right? Right. So I guess that at this point, anything that they do well gets more attention that any other criticism because those those criticisms are old so maybe it has to do with that too right because if they somehow they criticize either the treehouse format or the direct format i mean it's been going on for years so it's a moot point at this point and now that people is accustomed to it and and maybe it is that point about expectations right that is what we expect from nintendo and that's what they do and they do it really well and they do it better every time i think people hated it at first i think they had the same kind of complaints uh it's just been a while now yeah like if anybody has a valid complaints like sony like what the hell they didn't do anything they didn't show up and sony's like half the show for me nintendo's one half and sony's the other and them not being there it was very sad yeah having sony not be there was strange but uh when i looked back on it i realized what would they have shown that oh, wasn't in the other conferences? Like you would, the only thing they would have had that was different from what we got from Ubisoft and EA and uh, Square was they would have had potentially another uh, forty-five minute um, coffee time in uh, in a hut for Last of Us. Oh yeah, that was weird last <laughs> year, man. Uh, I think that I think it was smart of them not to. It's just it's noticeable that they're not that they weren't part of it. You, you definitely feel that that hole. Yeah, because that was a big part. Like. I watched all of them. It just wasn't. I wasn't invested. Except I got really excited when uh, Dragon Ball Kakarot showed up in the Xbox. I swear, if I ever see Dragon Ball exclusive to Xbox One, I will go buy an Xbox. Um, Devolver Digital. I don't think we talked about that one last episode much, did we? Did we? Uh, did you I? said it was good and you enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good and I enjoyed it. Did you? Did you see it? You want to watch it? No, nope. we caught it. They are still. On my purchasing boycott, um, I will not purchase their games uh, because I I did not enjoy their press conference. However, uh, in the fairness of being completely transparent, uh, Mark and I have it set up so that he has access to all of my digital purchases and I have access to all of his digital purchases. And he did purchase the messenger and beat it. And I have been playing it and it is really good. So, so I'm I'm sort of like getting around my boycott in a back wit backdoor sneaky way. Um, well, then now your morals mean nothing. You should just fucking get rid of it. Stop, stop boycotting it when you clearly like the games. I did consider that. I did like the messenger enough, and I said 
because they're just the publisher, they're not the developer. Is it fair for me to punish these developers simply because they had to use this company to get yeah, their games game published? Be out necessarily if, if it wasn't for Double. Yeah. Look, they're fun. Uh, this one was all about Nintendo. They they just had the Devolver Direct, and it was uh, very amusing. I love the actress they have. They're just they're out there. They're just having a good time, man. And then you got some some of these butthurt fans who take it super serious, like um. And look at E three now. Look 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 at what it's become. Devolver Digital was right there at the beginning. They knew. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. They really, yeah. As much as I disliked it, it does seem like them taking the industry a little less serious is more in line with where the industry is actually headed. See, they're fun. They're fun. Or the event, I should say. They celebrate games. They love games, but they also are making kind of a mockery of the consumerism and the hype. And I like them. I just wanted to say that. I'm the only one on the show who's probably watched it. But Sundary J, he gets it. Shout out to to SJ. (laughs) Loves that. All right. What's next on your what on your list of uh, things, grievances? Uh, next up, uh, you guys talked about character. You were talking about Days Gone and how you really don't like Jax Teller in it. And I, um, I stopped playing it. Done. Yeah, and I didn't even buy that game because the the whole premise of it sort of turned me off in the beginning, like uh, and it looked samey to me. But uh, it is very samey. Shelby asked, "What characters are there that have ruined a video game for you?" Which you guys then morphed into. Uh, what what voice actors are bad at their jobs? But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I I was listening to that, and while I don't have anything against any particular voice actors, because I know how hard they work and how little they're paid, and I really appreciate all the effort they do to make my hobby a better experience. Yeah. If you're listening, voice actors, thank you so much. Um, you can are. direct all hate mail to uh, bonusbarrel at gmail dot com. Not our email either. <laughs> 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 but uh, uh so the uh i thought about it and there was a character who ruined a game for me and, and i'm not sure you guys may have not played it uh it was called tales of the abyss uh and... oh my god for uh, that's one of shelby's favorite games are you serious yeah uh, i've been meaning to play it because i oh my <laughs> so I um it's like tales games oh i can't wait she'll never hear the episode either probably because she's terrible for listening like i am so uh, yeah, it's it's originally a PS2 game, and yep. it was remade for the 3DS. Correct. And the main character's name is Luke von Fabra, and he is the worst. I I played for 20 hours, and after 20 hours, I hated, I hated this character. And this was my second Tales game. The first Tales game I had played was Tales of Exilia, and I really enjoyed that, and I really liked all the characters in it. And this was the second one I played. And a good friend of mine, Darren, uh, who is a, a big fan of the Tales series, I asked him on Twitter, does this guy get better? Because I can't stand him right now. And he said, yeah, he does. You just have to get a little bit into the story. And I was like, Darren, I'm 20 hours into the story, and I hate him. And he just gets worse. And uh, 40 hours in, I got I played 40 hours of this game, and I think I was somewhere close to the last the last fight of the game. And uh, I said, you know what? I'm done. I, I, I'm not even going to finish this. I hate this character so much. He never got better or improved. He never got... No, he, he is the, right? he's the main character. He, and in the, in the 3DS version, I don't know about the, the PlayStation no. 2, but the 3DS version is fully voice acted. And he is the whiniest, most inconsiderate. Oh, he's, he is, everything about him is just the worst. Shelby just and 
because I because I was telling her everything you've been saying right now. And I, I thought it was funny because it's a little bit delayed. But she said, "Yeah, he was a brat in the first part of the game, but he gets better." But Why don't maybe after the credits? There's a post credit scene where he doesn't suck. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I hated him. I absolutely and it ruined the game for me because I, I liked all of the other characters. I liked the story. I was like, this game has a lot of potential. This guy is a piece of garbage. Huh. Yeah. Well, I, I've yet to play it, but now my opinion will be will be you know marred a little bit when I hear real way. I don't know if that was <laughs> well. I hope not. I hope I hope you can go in like fresh and sort of give him a chance. You're gonna laugh at first and be like, oh yeah, he is kind of annoying. And then around ten hours, you're gonna be like, oh man, I'm having. And then at twenty hours, you're gonna be like, oh, P P one was right. And then at forty hours, <laughs> yeah, yeah, shit, man. Uh, I, I don't think you're making fun of Shelby here. Well. I um, mean, she'll forgive me. Where's she even at? So, again, forget her. Oh, and speaking of which, Shelby did reply uh, to what you said about maybe he gets better after the credits. And <laughs> she said, I mean, I'll do it, Shelby voice. I mean, he's wrong, but that's fine. He's allowed to make mistakes. And I, I agree with, I agree that's pretty Shelby. good. It's getting better, Rob. <laughs> well, Shelby, you're here. <laughs> Rob's the best. Yeah. Oh, now I know it's not her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's unfortunate, but we're not going to have uh, female representation for a while on our show. I don't know anything about what, what, like, I can't make half the comments I usually do without my shield Shelby around. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> what do you mean? What? No! <laughs> Uh yeah. Anyways, what else you got on your your list of um, rebuttals? This is fun because this episode is basically a rehash of the last one, so I don't even have to, to work hard. Yeah. So the next two are a little meatier for me. Um. Okay. So right. please jump in whenever you we feel the need. And then the the last item uh, is a very quick um agreement piece. So uh, do you want to do Final Fantasy Seven or do you want to do Breath uh, of the Wild first? Let's do Breath of the Wild because I want to end on like a happy. <laughs> okay okay for I mean, sure i like breath of the wild too don't get me wrong it's just that i don't like you know i'm not in love with it i don't think it's i don't have these like beer goggles on for breath of the wild right yeah so i mean you're you're wrong but it's okay you're allowed to be uh so breath of the wild sequel uh i am i'm probably in the same camp as seiji in that i love this game um i don't know if I enjoy it more or less than him, but for me, it is arguably not only my favorite Zelda game, but it could potentially be my favorite. If not for the intense uh, emotional attachment I have to Final Fantasy Four, this could this could this could combat for my favorite game of all time. You sleep with a copy of it too, right? Uh, both actually, I sleep with a copy of Final Fantasy Four and a copy. Nice. That's uh, one on either side of me. Yeah. Between two games. Yeah, that's right. It is it is a sexy time all the time. So <laughs> said no one ever. Um, so Breath of the Wild sequel. I am really excited for this, uh, and I'm excited for it for a couple of reasons. Okay. Um, you guys talked about how you know the game should just have DLC, maybe, or what would they even do with a sequel? Did it even need a sequel? Was something you brought up? Yeah. And I think it definitely does. And the reason I think that is because Breath of the Wild as an experience is such a solo lonely experience for link uh and it's him going through and trying to atone for this 
you know, this failure of his own and this crushing defeat that his friends all suffered. Yeah. Uh, and at the end of it, you have this glimmer of hope, this, you know, him and Zelda standing, looking out over the over the horizon. And you can see Hyrule Castle in the background. And and you you end on this this possibility. And what I would love to see is them expand on this. Uh, if they included uh, Terry, I think it's Terrytown is the name of it, is a, is a, an optional side town that you can uh, build in Breath of the Wild. And you have to find people to live there and get the materials for houses and set up shops and stuff. So I would love to see in the sequel some aspect of world building, some some uh, rejuvenation of the of the lives that lost and, and bringing life back to Hyrule. So I, I would love to see some sort of incorporation in that and where they have done it before. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. They could do it again. You know, like where you're crossing uh, Zelda. Uh, yeah, like I said, like maybe not to the same uh, minutiae that Animal Crossing does where you're placing rugs and and, tr- and plant and, uh, and lamps and stuff. Make every every NPC's house. You're right. You yeah. Make every like and the, more, the better the house, the more uh, items they have and stuff for sale. Yeah, that's what we should do. Great idea. Um, great idea. Uh, maybe maybe some, explore some more on the the new champions, the four new champions, and their relationship to to the world, and just rebuilding Hyrule as a nation. I think would be a huge huge thing to it. Um, I would love to see that in there, and and, and as well, uh, obviously the trailer uh, harkens to a a dark world where you see Ganon's skeleton upside down. Yeah. Uh, and he's got this this black goo in him. So maybe they could explore Ganon's origins a little bit, which I know is sort of done in Skyward Sword, wherein they say that the demon demise is actually just inhabiting Ganon. Um, but uh, I would like to see maybe some of his origin, you know what I mean? What made Ganon Ganon and... Was he always this power-hungry, driven, evil individual, or was there something else that that brought him to that, or what brought him to that? Uh, and I'm not saying like Star Wars prequel. Let me find out how Darth Vader became Darth Vader, but maybe more uh, something along those lines. I would you like to see uh, a prequel version of of Zelda, but like through the lens of George Lucas. Yeah, yeah, there'd be a lot of a lot of CGI. <laughs> <laughs> remember, that, remember that briefly where they were talking about doing a Zelda Netflix show? I remember this because we did an episode on it like a, like a thousand years ago. Yep. Yeah, that never happened. Uh, they said no. Uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't. Yeah, that would have been bad. As soon as you give Link a voice, it's going to be bad news. So do you like kind of an uneven relationship? Like I don't know. Is uh does this so does Zelda do all the talking for Link? Do you think in the relationship? Well, if you read Zelda's journal, and we talked about this, we had a Breath of the Wild episode. I'm pretty sure we talked about this. If you read her journal in uh, in Hyrule Castle, she mentions that Link is quite a quiet individual, and he's not silent. He's he doesn't. He's just he speaks very little. And she asks him, "Why do you you know why are you so quiet? Why do you speak so little?" And he mentions that it's because he struggles with um, the weight and the importance of his role as her protector. And he's the one who carries the sword, the master sword, obviously. And and what that means, and what what uh, what responsibilities he has. So he says that you know it, it, he says that he's he's quiet because it's it's hard for him to deal with this, and he's trying to he's trying to be the hero, quote unquote, that he's supposed to be, and that's why he speaks so little. So there is the option to, to have him speak more in a sequel, or speak at all. Well, let's be real here for a second. Are we at the point now? Where we want Link to talk, I don't know. I'm actually mixed. Like sarcasm aside, I'm kind of mixed because I I've said before many times the show I don't like silent protagonists in general, 
but Zelda's kind of an exception for me. Like I'm, I'm used to Link not talking, but at the same time, like I don't. I think they add to the story when they actually have the voice and the character, and they're not just a mute. Not that there's anything wrong with being a mute, but it's not treated like, like the character is 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 someone who can't speak. Because like I was saying that tongue in cheek earlier, but like your explanation says, Link is not actually unable to talk. He can talk. Yeah, he doesn't. So you know, let's let's remove that apart of aside. Like, do you like? Are we ready for a full game where where, where he's talking? Like, if they kept it to gibberish voice, like uh, Mario kind of, then that would be distracting in its own way. But that would be a way of saving, you know, the mystique of uh, of uh, Link. Not talking, but then again, they had full voice acting in, in Breath of the Wild. So you can't really go back. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. I I think up until Breath of the Wild, Link as a character was really just an avatar for the player, yes. and him not speaking made sense. Agreed. Um, because he he's just you. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. there were some games where he he would go to start explaining something to someone, and they would cut away, and they would come back, and they would be like, "Oh, that's what's happening." <laughs> um, which is a, a fun trick to use. I I do I do think uh, I think I agree with you. I think what you were saying is that it might be time, and I I do think the sequel to Breath of the Wild is the time when it is to say, hey, you know what? This guy does have a voice, and here it is. Um, I do not want to be that much. voice actor because oh, whoever God, they pick is going to get. Matter who does it? Yeah, doesn't matter how doesn't, bad it, or good a job they do. Yeah. Yeah, they could get actual Link. Like he, could, <laughs> he could, <laughs> he could, be, he could exist. You know, yeah, they could, like, they could. That's not Link's voice. Hey, yeah, Link's tear a hole in the re, in the dimensions of reality and yeah. pull an actual Hylian <laughs> through with the void. Professional and then people, voice actor, even. Yeah, and people would still be like, "Oh yeah, okay." So yeah. now we're Hylian washing this. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Stacey? Do you want to hear Link talk? Um, so. <laughs> I mean, Zelda is considered by many to be one of the best franchises in in, in gaming. And and often Zelda games get, you know, top marks. And part of it, I think, is... Well, anything that is part of the package can be part of the reason why Zelda games are so well-received. Link not being able to speak. And also how light stories in Zelda games and how it is I'm going to say told to the player but I would say that in general Zelda games are really good in letting you experience the story Um, but still like story is a very light part of Zelda games and still like you have to wonder like if if people like stories so much and storytelling in games like why do some of the best games of all time are so light in story and i think we're gonna get to a point where we're gonna we technologically we're gonna have the tools to let some of these silent characters speak but i think that until the player himself or or herself is able to actually speak his or her mind freely and then the characters interact with what you're saying Mm. you know intelligently until that happens then it's always there's always gonna be this dichotomy, I think, where either you're playing as a character, right, and you're taking all the decisions, even though you're taking a role, so you're playing a role in in this game, but you have full control of the actions, right? Yeah. 
I see what you're saying. You think that until the player can take the role of a silent protagonist and actually have the free autonomy to say things and then the characters in the world will react accordingly to your own thoughts and expressions. I think mm-hmm. we're probably a way us off from that, right? That is what you're saying. Did I understand that properly? Yeah, so in 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 Zelda like not being able to speak to me is more immersive in terms of how you know I'm just there like nodding and emoting like that that's pretty much what Link does for the most part yeah and he explains stuff but whenever he goes like, explaining stuff he, he usually there's a like a fade out right yeah or pantomiming or something or he's like uh catching up with people or so all, yeah. all of those are like workarounds rather than style, I think, in favor of letting you, you know, experience the story and just focus on the important part, which is the interactions and and the gameplay in general. And then there's always going to be these other types of games, like you said, like the ones that you prefer, where you're only there for certain parts of the agency of the character, right? But it's like... Characters have destinies, right? And you're just there to to bring characters from point A to point B. But in, in a game like Zelda and some other types of games where where characters are more silent, they're lighter on story, what happens is that you don't feel like things are supposed to happen in a certain way. I, I'm dying to ask a question right now. And rather, you're, you're just kind of like discovering stuff through gameplay. Yeah, shoot. So you are a huge fan of Phoenix Wright, obviously, the Ace Attorney yeah. series. Yeah. I, I almost feel like Phoenix could have not had a voice and the game play and stuff probably wouldn't have been that altered. You're like you could have been just a character going by, asking questions, presenting your evidence, having your, your, your canned responses like objection and shit, that would that could still stay. But you could probably get through that game without having like a major like your your main character doesn't need to be a part of the plot but phoenix is hilarious and wonderful and i'm sure you probably would not want you know for that to be the case uh i don't know where my point is anymore but you see where i'm going with this a little bit yeah hopefully. absolutely mm-hmm. response to my half-finished thought it would be a different game if the the protagonist if phoenix right was silent for sure <laughs> it, was, it would be completely different I don't know if it'd be completely though. Like, I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, but like, I, I guess my point is that it wouldn't be completely different. It would be different because he is the main part of the game. But like, gameplay wise and and premise wise, I don't think it would be that different, or it doesn't have to be that different. And I'm kind of thinking making a parallel between that and Zelda, where like, if he talked, I mean, the gameplay. I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm talking about. I have a, I have ideas in my head. And no, I I, I think your about. argument is that if if they they speak or not, like they add or remove flavor, but it's is the same Still game and same I don't game. and I don't agree with that. Yeah. Okay. I think that flavor is part is part of the, the experience. So if you change the flavor, you change the game, right? And and, yeah. and also like if you like if you're planning certain parts of the game that actually affect gameplay uh just to to improve or or rather like harness that flavor, um then you you would have to change those points. And in in specifically on the Ace Attorney series, it happens a lot that what the actions that you are taking have to do a lot with the personality of the characters and how they, they are going to react. So when when you're playing in the in the um, for example, if you're playing as, as Phoenix, like you, mm-hmm. there's a cer- certain 
stuff that happens is it's very tied to his personality. When you're playing the Ace Attorney Investigations games, where you're playing as, as Miles Edgeworth, like the types of actions are are also very different because he's more like, um, like for example, there are these uh, mechanics in in the investigation series that are like kind of like logic chess because this character plays chess and you're playing like you know this mental chess with the with the characters. So that it, it, there's a lot of flavor in that, but also it kind of like makes sense. So it it reinforces those ideas. So it's it's very strong i feel that makes sense to me what do you think uh john yeah i mean it, it definitely makes sense if the character is an avatar then let him be an avatar so are you against link talking still or are you still no uh i i trust enough in nintendo um they're what 12 games 13 games into this franchise maybe more uh, i when if you had told me hey nintendo's gonna make an open uh, Zelda game where you have to climb towers to unlock the map, I would have <laughs> thrown up. Right. Yeah, right. Um, so I trust them. If if they want him to talk, I'm sure they'll do it in a, in a way that it doesn't lose any of its magic. And if he d- continues to not talk, uh, I already know I enjoy that. So there you go. That's a, that's that's probably the case. Some might say other M would disagree, but I've not played it, so it won't be me. Yeah. But can I yeah. can I say something about Breath of the Wild, and it's in its uh, sequel. And I also want to hear your thoughts because we've all played Breath of the Wild, and and one very important, I would say, key aspect of of this game is the world itself. I see the world itself as almost as a character. Um, hmm. Like um, you're exploring the world and knowing, and and yeah, it, it's barren, but there's a lot in it still, even if there there's no like like cities or kingdoms or a lot of towns mm-hmm. like there's still it's very very unique like when you go to a certain part and then there's this shape of the mountain and you i don't know there's something that tells you that something might be on the other side of that mountain and you you go and it takes time and you explore it and you're you're uncovering the map and all this you know all that like part of the reason i i i feel like a sequel to Breath of the Wild wouldn't work really well. Is that that like what do you do with that world? Like you you put the same world? Like yeah, that, I agree. That, that doesn't make any sense, right? So it it's like um, Ocarina and Majora's, right? Even though they're running on the same um, engine, similar style, and it, it is the same character, right? It is, it is the same Link of the same yeah, era, or whatever. Part, right? Like it's a different world because he goes into this. I don't know how it's called. Um, and then you re-explore and you recontextualize a lot of the things, even though it's the same or, or a similar set of, of of mechanics and gameplay. Like I, I feel like if there's a sequel to Breath of the Wild, it kind of like will need to be some something like this, where like, um, and I, and I really hope like Zelda takes some more gameplay uh, roles in here, mm. and then they go together to some you know area of the world that you either haven't explored or is a different dimension or a different time or whatever. So, um, Link's Awakening, sorry, nope, Link Between Worlds and Link to the Past, same, same world map, but different, mm. like half the game is, they both take place in different dark worlds, so I think, True. and because of the mechanics lets you explore a game that's entirely different, and also because it's just 20 years in between, I think that kind of saves that kind of sequel, even though it's kind of a similar, uh, similar experience, like it's a similar, it's the same world map and shit, but it has a lot of factors that makes that fresh, 
But Breath of the Wild is the last main Zelda game. It hasn't even been that long since it's been out. Uh, if they don't change up a lot of that world, I, I'm with Seiji. Like, I don't know. Like, to me, that's why I felt like it could just be DLC. Because unless you're changing that world map in that area, I don't... Uh, it's not as exciting for for me, at least. Like, they have to do something major to make that... Because ex- exploration is a huge part of that game, like Seiji was alluding to. Like, without that, like, this game is going to be hurting for it. So they need to do, like, a time skip or a cataclysm or an alternate world or something. That's, yeah, I think that's my opinion. I, I think you're going to see a dark world. Um, even even in the trailer where they find Ganon's body, it appears underground in, you know, underneath something. You see roots and dirt and stuff. And he's sort of hanging upside down. And there's this black goo on him. So I do think there will be a dark world, but if there's not, that was sort of why I was hoping they would have world building. So I agree that the, the, the world itself is a character and by allowing us to construct roads and, in, you know, build villages and, and rebuild, you know, castles that yeah. would allow that character to grow and not just, uh, not just be the same. How about this? Hyrule is actually a flat a flat Hyrule, okay, bear with me. Mm-hmm. Because that's like the real world too, right? Real world flatter. <laughs> right. And uh so let's just let's let's take a little bit of realism to our fantasy games and make Hyrule a flat Hyrule. And maybe and they go to the other side. Yeah, they dig it. <laughs> they dig it and they go under. And uh yeah. gravity I guess works the same way in the under under Hyrule. So it's actually like an, an entirely different land on the other side of Hyrule and you have to dig up dig down to get to certain areas. Is that a great yeah, I mean, idea? That, and it's realistic. That is, it'll definitely sell in America. So, <laughs> what do you yeah. what, what do you think, Sage? You need to add to my awesome idea. Yes. Also, do do, do you think if if they go with this dark world um, idea, do you think they're going to call it low rule again? Do you, you, you feel that? <laughs> uh, they might. Um... <laughs> I don't hate low rule as a title. But I don't either. I, I do reuse. That's all. Yeah, I do want to play a Zelda though. I would love to see yes this black goo um, that has infected Ganon and and basically killed him and looks like drained his life from him. Uh, I would love to see that infect Link, and Zelda has to then either fight him yeah. or redeem him or save him. And the, I would love to see it be an actual Legend of Zelda. And there's a scene in that, actually, in that where the black goop has formed over Link and then starts making it with Zelda, much like the Venom movie. So, I don't yeah. remember that. You don't remember okay. Venom? Do you see it? I, I've, I've seen Venom. I don't remember, yeah, well, remember when, uh, the that scene in the trailer. Over, sorry, what, how do they say it? Symbiote. No, I over. remember the part you're talking about in yeah, Venom. I don't remember that happening in the trailer. <laughs> no, but I'm saying... <laughs> I'm just saying this is what will happen in the in your version of the game. Oh, yeah, I thought you said, okay. Yeah, so the form takes over Link, and he starts making it with Zelda while he's, like, a, like when he's a symbiote on him. Uh, yeah, maybe. Okay. Yeah, that'd be, pretty, that'd be pretty hot, right? <laughs> and my last note on Breath of the Wild okay. is that Seiji sort of mentioned it, and I do think that it is the game for fall of 2020. I think mm-hmm. this is the game that they choose to compete against uh, the new Xbox and the new PlayStation. Oh, new PlayStation! That'll be fun. Yeah, because they're both probably going to be next next fall, next holiday season. Yeah. Um, and now, not being a game developer, I honestly have no idea how long these things take. 
but I feel like if they're using a lot of the same engine and a lot of the same assets, two years is probably enough time. Uh, Seems reasonable to me. But, you know, uh, especially if if a lot of the ideas were initially as DLC, which AG Anuma mentioned in an interview. Um, so, first of fan outrage, like, oh, you left all these things off the cutting room floor. You didn't even ship us a full game. Uh, I don't think anybody could play Breath of the Wild and not feel completely satisfied with the the amount of game that was there, except people who just aren't happy with anything. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's over over 150 hours of gameplay there. And that's yeah. not even that's not even digging into the Korok seeds, which are right psychotic. But you know, we're like, not spending your time making flying boats and shit. Yeah, yeah. So making YouTube videos of it. That's that's time. But I think that yeah. uh, even though Breath of the Wild got a, a lot of praise, I I do see players like not liking it for uh, very valid reasons, though. I think that there's an expectation with games nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you see what what is the most popular game every year, like this this large productions with like writing and, and and you know this word that has become now so common which is, you know, cinematic. And you know they need need it to feel and and look in a certain way. And then comes you know Breath of the Wild in in the in the middle of of that trend. Which, which by by the way, it continued right. Like last year was, you know, Red Dead and God of War, and this, this, this that that kind of game. That that is, that is the expectation. And and well, if you are not into, you know, if you're not open to see something like Zelda, you know, if you're not familiar with 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 Zelda and and, and how Nintendo does stuff, like you. Like I can see people not not liking it because it's not within expectations, and even for us, it was very new, right? Even for for fans of of Nintendo, I mean, and, yep. and having Nintendo being a, a Zelda game being a, like open world is is very new. So it requires like a lot of like getting used to it. Um, yeah, because it doesn't play like a Zelda game. Uh, oddly, it's so. <laughs> I think. At surface level, I agree, but once you go through it and you spend a lot of time with it, like now, that's what I think a Zelda game should be. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. I yeah, still yeah, yeah. prefer two D Zelda games. Well, two D Zeldas are a lot of fun, and I think they're gonna keep making it, and, and we're we're gonna keep enjoying it. But in terms of a, what a three D Zelda should be, I think they should go like bonkers with with that. And I think Nintendo is only scratching the surface with. All mm. the, with, with this language, Nintendo is just right now is like a two-year-old saying their first, you know, phrases or whatever, and not making a yeah. lot of sense with that language because they're not used to it. And still, they did they did a, little, a really good job, but um, that really good job. And and I always said it like it's very imperfect. Like it 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 really looks like Nintendo is just experimenting with this new format. And I really want them to like go crazy with this. Well, the next the next Zelda game, I think this Breath of the Wild two is actually going to require Labo. To play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so that's all I had to say with Breath of the Wild. Really, just this, and sort of some of my hopes for it, and uh, that I, that I was excited for it, and not as uh, unhappy that it was announced as Rob was. Let's talk about a real 
greatest game ever. Let's talk about Final Fantasy sure. VII. What did you? Yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. Um, so this one, uh, this is something I've actually been wanting to talk about for a long time. Uh, if them. and and because I don't have my own platform to do so, uh, it's really nice to be able to come on here. Uh, first off, just off the top, uh, I love the new battle system. Yeah, me too. And and I love the way the game looks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I if I want to have the experience of playing Final Fantasy VII as a strictly turn-based game, yep. I can do that. I can play the original. I've been so, talking to friends too. Yeah. We want it just to look a little yeah. nicer, but nothing's changed. Dude, well, then get it, the get it on the Switch because they upgraded the graphics <laughs> yeah. a slight bit, and yeah. uh, and you can have your your turn based combat exactly. exactly the way you want it. Yeah, um, so, different. yeah, a remake does does not, despite what the internet will have you believe, a remake does not destroy the thing that you loved as a child. It still Correct. exists. You can still yes. experience it. You can still play Go it. Go play it. Yeah. yeah. If you really want um, it to look nicer, fucking mod it yourself, man. Exactly. Yeah. Time and just uh make your own yeah and and if you really are a fan and you love this 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 uh ip so much you love this world so much maybe you should be happy that now a new generation of people will have a chance to experience it fall in love with it and then it will grow from there and then in 30 years they'll get a new final (laughs) yeah oh god no i'm good suppressed it all right bless you um that was gonna freak out if i sneezed and uh so my lap i didn't want to do that so the, the thing I want to talk about is the episodic uh, portion and why a lot of people, this seems to be the biggest thing they're concerned about and why I am a little bit. pumped for it. Well, it's a little confusing um, because they keep talking about it being, well, first of all, it's getting physical release and right. it's going to be on disc. So the episodic, is it right. just Final Fantasy 10, 10, 2 or 13, 13, 2 and 13, 3? Is that what they mean by episodic? Because when you think. Yes, it, exactly. So. Or, or or Walking Dead, new new chapter every year or whatever, but I just see it as a multi-parter. Right, exactly. So I'm um, I I believe that this game is going to there. The reason they're using the term episodic is because what was previously one game and the example Dune from the '80s mm-hmm. um, with uh, Patrick Stewart and Sting and I think Kyle MacLachlan. Um, so Dune was a movie in the '80s and it was a movie that a lot of people really enjoyed and it was. Sort cheesy sci-fi fun and then in the late 90s early 2000s they redid it in the form of a miniseries they told the exact same story but they instead of having it crammed into an hour and 45 minutes they spread it out over i think it was six episodes Um, so they were able sorry it's a reverse it yeah exactly it's a reverse it so they they were able to uh expand on it and make it a little more in depth and go into more detail and i believe that's what's going to happen here so when i hear episodic for final fantasy 7 i don't think oh man this is gonna be terrible i think of the mass effect trilogy Mm -hmm. the mass effect trilogy is really a single story told from the point of view of Shepard across three games how do you think they're going to handle resetting levels between each game I think they, they level cap it. So you have a level cap of 30 in the first game. You have a level cap of 60 in the second game. And you have a level cap of 99 in the third game. Yeah, that would work. Um, that that work. way you're not just grinding out to 99 in the first game. Yeah, so, and, to, so. so the first game ends at Midgar. Uh, they've I, said that already. This game does not. It ends at Midgar. And if you've played Final Fantasy VII, there is a, there is a point in that game that makes absolute perfect sense for that to end. Uh, if the ending is point. Midgar. A disc's worth of of content, like the way they made it sound, like they say the first part is like two Blu-rays or what, or is that, is that the whole? Thing? Yeah, I can't remember. No, that's the first part. The first game is yeah. two Blu-rays worth of game. How? So Midgar is an awesome part of the game, and a story I've told many many times in the show is that when I first played Final Fantasy, I thought the whole game was going to be in Midgar, 
there's a lot you can do in there but from what i understand they're probably even cutting some stuff like the drag drag cloud and and things like that so like what no they're happens? leaving the drag scene in um really, really? confirmed yep yep good. confirmed that, they that had an interview good, good. um so here's why i think it's on two blu-rays and okay. you guys could maybe help add some actual actual weight I've to this um so nope <laughs> no um the game so the game the original final fantasy a lot of people their concern is oh man the, up to midgar was like 10 percent, 15 percent of the game yeah, yeah. why is this going to be two blu-rays well uh, suddenly our art assets have ballooned we're not doing low res polys now now we're doing full 3d graphics for everything that's going to eat up space uh, as well you have to um program each one of these characters with the ability to fight on their own uh, as well as the ability to shift in between them and not only that you have to program all of the monsters in the game because it's 3d battles and it's active battles each one of these monsters has to be able to attack the party in different ways and now up until the end of midgar i believe it is locked into which party which members can be in your party at any given time uh, i think but uh, you still would have to program each of these monsters to be able to attack each of these guys uh, for any random fights and stuff like that. So that that has to take up a lot of space uh, digitally, you know. Blu-ray is worth. Well, I mean, because we're talking like, okay, I don't know how much they're going to expand the story. Nobody does. Nobody knows right. anything about that. But like, let's say that the Midgar content is even doubled. That's still like 10 hours of gameplay. Now, let's say that they, you know, that's still being generous, ten, doubling the, the amount of time. You know, let's say 15 yeah. even. I just don't think of all like nowadays with compression and and the way game companies make games is is you you know you aim for a certain size and you can keep these uh, models and shit within a certain limit and I just don't I mean, I've seen Final Fantasy Seven the remake so far it doesn't look like it's like anything so much better than I don't know what's another big game Horizon I mean whatever that was an open world game but. You know, to me, it doesn't look like it needs two Blu-rays worth of stuff, especially if they're not like if they said all of the game is going to be in two Blu-rays. I'm like, all right, cool. That's insane. But I get it. But like one portion of the game, like tells me, it makes me feel like they're not optimizing anything. If that's the case. I just assume nobody optimizes other than Nintendo. <laughs> you're supposed to optimize at least you're supposed to. I don't know. I guess like, I don't know. I mean, Bre Breath of the Wild is like seven gigs worth of data. Yeah. Um, and any like a Marvel Ultimate Marvel Ultimate Alliance is 35. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, by removing the FMV cutscene that was two gigs. So, yeah. Uh, um, so I don't, I don't, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I don't know either. Graphics and stuff uses or, or all that background that they would have to do for the, the fighting and the combating and the interaction for the monsters and the, and the people. Um, but I, 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 I do think, yeah, I, don't know. I do think I'm excited. Like, it, the fact I, I'm thinking of it as, as I'm going to get Cloud's story spread out over three games and it's going to give me that time to dive into the characters a little more i think we get more bigs and wedge I hope and so. jesse yeah um yeah i think it i think it lets us too you can actually date bigs Wedge. yeah that's right yeah but i think that's that's what i think of when i hear episodic i don't think the life is strange or the telltale model yeah. i think episode or i think mass effect you know the mass effect trilogy is an episodic game is an episodic story told over three games for, all from the point of view of Shepard, and it's all the same story it's all him fighting the reapers yeah i think i think that's more likely the case too honestly and I even here do whatever you want no the original one's yeah. still there if it's good then i'll be happy and final fantasy 7 even even the original game does feel like the 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 goal and the mission in midgar very different from what the goal and the mission is 
you first yeah, leave Midgar, and yeah. even then it changes again oh, for yeah. the last third of the game. Like there are three very um, standout story arcs in there, so I don't think they're going to have a problem uh, pacing wise for first setting those up. I think you're. I think you're right. I, I'm very interested. I can't wait to play it. I mean, it's going to be great. I hope. Yeah, and we're playing it soon. Yeah, next year, right? Less than a year away. Yeah, that's episode exciting. one, right? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So how how often would you expect like a release? I suspect we'll probably get one every two years. Um, yeah. I don't see it being faster than that. Two years. So but, the, so, but again, so one part is gonna be on. It's gonna start in in one platform and then it's gonna move to the other one. Oh shit! Mass Effect. Uh, no, they didn't do that. Mass Effect was all history. No, um, but Mass Effect that that's not weren't like episodes, on. right? We're like standalone games right so this is gonna i, I believe they all i think they're doing is taking the story of final fantasy 7 and shopping it into because it if i don't know if you you haven't played it aj i remember you played only a little bit of it um there are th like there are three very very different uh story arcs and like what is dry i don't want to spoil anything for anyone in case it's coming out they want to play it yeah, but what drives you in in the first half the first third that midgar section is entirely different from when you leave midgar suddenly everything changes now we have a whole new focus a whole new plan and, and a whole new area to, to discover it really does feel like three different games put together into one story wise it makes complete sense uh to break at the end of midgar uh, I think what people think is if the first thing they think of is Final Fantasy is on three discs. Each disc is going to be its episode. And I, at the end of disc one, that's also a good stopping point. But I always tell people like disc three is like basically just the last dungeon and side quest. There's not like a lot going yeah, on so otherwise. But it doesn't I think... make sense. What, what, what Rob was saying the other day is that up to that point in the story is like 5% of the game. Like that... Yeah, I agree with that part too. It's not a big part of the game. It is a good stopping part, part, but it's like, it's it's not big. Like I was saying, yeah, it's not. It's it's a weird choice in a way, because then I then I wonder how they're going to divide the rest of the game up. Yeah, so it's twenty episodes. Or what? A little weird. I think the the middle episode, the middle game, probably the stopping point is the one that makes the most sense. End of the uh, first disc. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the the big moment. Yeah. Um, and then the third game, because that again is where the story shifts from. We need to do this thing to, you know what? This thing isn't actually the issue. This is the thing we need to do. Right. Um, and then that makes that last game. I, I don't think there would be any problem with the first game being 10 to 15 hours. Um, and then the second game being a bit longer, perhaps, or you, the same length, the last game being longer. So so let, let me piece this together. Do you think it's going to be three games of like 15 hour gameplay every two years? Yeah, 15 to 20 hours. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I don't know, man. Now, if they put in, a, there's a lot of side quest stuff they could put in. They could flesh it out that way to add more hours. But I I personally don't need more than 10 to 15 hours for a game. Yeah, um, I'm with you there. Uh, the first you know Final I mean? Fantasy can be completed in like 30 hours if you know what you're doing, anyways. Yeah. Uh, I do. And not a big percent of that. I only say every two years because I, I honestly have. Um, now it's possible that it's taken as long to get them to this point because they were prepping all of it to yeah. be ready to go sooner, and maybe they're going to do it yearly. Um, kind of like Star Wars is doing with the movies and shit. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, Lord of the Rings, they filmed all three of them at once, oh, yeah. and then, yeah. But uh, I do think, I, I think realistically we're going to get one every two years, and I think it'll be 
I think the first one will be 10 to 15 hours. I think the second one will probably be closer to 30 or 40 hours because that is a larger portion. And that gives you more time to get emotionally invested in the characters and the story. And when that ends, I think it is the point that will make everybody really excited to play the final portion because reasons. <laughs> it's so yeah. hard to talk about. So, yeah, <laughs> I, when I originally brought this point saying that and, and I... I'm not saying it's going to be bad. What I'm saying is going to be too different, right? That was like my point. And I feel that they're going to try to to make this as long as possible. And if the game is successful, which I think it's going to be like, they're going to try to make more episodes like this in the same way, like where like a lot of popular movie series, they end up splitting the, the last episode yeah. like in two, you know, because they want to have those two entries or they would there, there's a lot of characters in this that if I think it would be smart for Square Enix to do three episodes for like three games covering the story of Final Fantasy VII, and if the success is there, you could have multiple spin-off games focusing on individual characters. Brand new um, Dare to man. Dare to Sabres. Exactly. Yeah. You <laughs> could get Barrett's backstory fleshed out more. You could oh, get yeah. um, Red Thirteen ish, maybe. Um, like you could flesh out more of these guys, Yuffie. You could definitely do. So I think that, I mean, really, they could even redo Crisis Core. Um, I think that you get the three games as the main, and then I think they have their smaller studios working on offshoots of that for their their big dollar cash yeah. ins. I think they're gonna front load all of that stuff. You really? I don't think so. Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. And they're gonna they're they're gonna try to 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 not release the final part as until they have to. That's possible. I could see that. Yeah, from a business standpoint, that's scummy, but it makes sense. <laughs> it happens. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I know a lot of people are really worried about it being broken up, but I, I just played it recently. It was within the last month I played it. It is three different games. You know, the first the first portion when you're in Midgar, you're part of a terrorist organization trying to take down the government. You know what I mean? And, and the, at the end of that... It is completely different. You leave that and you're like, no, we're not doing that. We have to save the planet. Don't have <laughs> like, right yeah, yeah, but you're, you're thinking yeah. a, a little bit like as as if the world like makes sense in that. Like, <laughs> you're right. It, you're right. It, it's not like that. It, it's it's like you're going to have a live team, right? They're going to be measuring stuff and they're going to yeah. be looking at it and see what people like and don't like. They're going to keep... When, when you're running a live game, it's, it's different because there's a team working on it. And they're gonna change stuff. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna keep it oh, as I long as you. possible. <laughs> I think you might. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm worried you could be right. Um, well, I hope that it's it just that, that that's way. what makes business sense, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's those were the the things that I had. I have one last, and it was Wonderful 101 on the Switch. Oh, yes, please. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I think about that so much. I love that game on Wii U. I'd love to see it on Switch. You like the game, right? Yeah, big time, big fan. You might enjoy Super Sentai, man. It's it's pretty much that. It's pretty much that. Let's get Wonderful 101 first, and then we'll... Right. Okay. <laughs> How about yeah. this proposition? This will never happen because we're both lazy. Uh, we'll do... We if you, you watch Sentai, we'll do a, we'll do a podcast on it, your reactions to it. And, okay. Uh, well, yeah, we'll... Tell me. Yeah. Uh, Super Sentai, uh, another S alliteration. Another S alliteration. Okay. We'll 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 put a pin in that. We'll have a look right. at that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I've been watching. This is a little Sentai side note. I wish Shelby was here to back me up. She's not. Uh, I've been watching the latest one. I'm watching. It's called Abba Ranger. 
and it's from 2003, I think. It is uh, the most insane one I've watched yet. I've watched about 12 of them so far. And uh, I don't know, man, this show just keeps one-upping itself. There's some weird, weird shit. But uh, one funny thing is they took one episode. Uh, so you know how Power Rangers comes from Super Sentai? Basically, the Super Sentai series. And then usually for a long time, the Power Rangers would basically take the previous year Sentai and bring it over to America. And they had this funny episode. In, so Abba Ranger is called Power Rangers Dino Thunder in English. Um and, the, and I, I don't know if they're just lazy this one episode, but basically they all they did is have the three main characters in the North American one watch an episode of the Sentai series of the same series. And they just did it like this is what they think. This is their adaptation of Power Rangers in Japan. So it's very meta. And uh, and they and then they dubbed over the Japanese uh, episode and then had the characters watching and commenting on it. And it's kind of awesome. I, I very much enjoyed it. Huh. And of course, no one's here to care. Uh, yeah, so Super Sentai, everybody should watch it the best. Um, okay, well, can Canada has developers uh, who make games. Uh, there you go. Yeah, happy Canada Day. Um, next time you're playing a game, maybe look the developer up and see yeah. if they're from Canada, and just be thankful for the Great White North. And thanks for protecting our country, P. Uh, Sean. <laughs> what yes, a, no a war hero right here. I, I am a decorated veteran. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> Tell us your favorite fact about Canada. Let's end it on a, on a Canada note. My favorite Canadian fact is that uh, for 2019, we were rated the number one place to live on the planet uh, based really? on quality of life. Yep. Oh wow, I'm kind of surprised. Like I don't look at me wrong. I love Canada, and I and I there's not many countries I'd rather live in instead. But uh, I didn't know we were we were rated the highest this year. How do you feel about that, Sagey? We have different perspectives. We have a, a like a pathetic uh, lump in the log me who just grew up in Canada, lives here, and, and that's my home. Decorated war veteran uh, T1, and then uh, Seiji's from Mexico. So, <laughs> do you have anything to say about Canada, Seiji? Well, I, I I am I am a Canadian citizen. Yes, by, of course. By choice, um, of course I'm I'm Mexican. Never stop being that, but I'm I'm really yeah. grateful. Like maybe a lot of people, they 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 change countries because of of you know reasons mm-hmm. that they 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 needed to. Uh, things were very tough in the original countries, and they move around. In my case, like I was having like an okay life in in Mexico. Right. I I I I've never been like in in harsh conditions or anything like that. I moved because I wanted to make games, you know. And mm-hmm. and it we in my hometown there was only like the one choice, which is the the one that I was doing, and then. You know, I was trying to grow professionally and, and Canada provided those opportunities and I've been able to grow and make games up here and, and I'm really grateful. And, and Canada is a great country for, uh, for game development. Um, it contributes a lot to, to the industry. And even though like, like what I'm doing is in, is in mobile, right? And, and, and mobile has this bad rep. Like I've, I've always been in mobile in all my career and, and and there's a lot of really good mobile developers up here and and I like it and I love it and I, I enjoy my my life here in Canada and I'm really grateful for that no, that's great uh, I'm happy I'm happy of course I wouldn't have met you if you didn't uh, move here because you moved into yeah you moved in that's where I met you because of our job and then uh, bonus trail wouldn't have existed if we didn't become friends so and then we would never have met Sean it's a chain uh. reaction. 
It all comes full circle. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Well, um, if anybody was expect, I don't think anybody's expecting anything from us, so we're probably fine. This whole episode has been basically just part two of last episode, I guess. If anybody out there also wants to come on and rebut this rebuttal, <laughs> send me a message uh, on Discord, Twitter, and and uh, I'll be happy to have you on. Um, and maybe we'll see more of, of P1 in the future. You don't have a home anymore, so maybe we'll let you stay at our place. Yeah, that'd be great if you let me crash on the sofa for a bit. Yeah, of course. Shelby's busy out and about partying and shit, so when you know you can, you can crash over here and hang out. All right, well, let's end this. Let's end this, this thing. Shelby, I think, is going to be back for next episode, but uh, we'll see. And who knows when Left will show up. There. He just shows up randomly. The free spirit. But thanks for listening. Uh, check us out. If you're listening to us, you're in order to find us. Thanks for listening. This is Rob. And Sean. Yeah. And Seiji. We did it! <laughs>